This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby returns later in the week from her summer vacation. As U.S. President Donald Trump continues to target the Canadian economy and the people of this country, we Canadians are preparing for an all-out trade war. One of the ways some Canadians are fighting back is through a new trend to buy local and boycott American products. According to a Nanos poll taken last month, 75% of Canadians had decided to avoid travel to the United States. Arguably, much easier to follow through on than boycotting day-to-day products. What about you? Have you implemented a personal travel ban to the U.S.? Or have you taken smaller measures, like making sure you are buying Canadian at the grocery store? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Joining us to discuss is Carl Littler, VP of Public Affairs at the Retail Council of Canada. Carl, hi. Hi. And Ted Mallett, VP and Chief Economist at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Ted, welcome. Good afternoon. Are Canadians following through and making good on a threat to boycott American products? Let's start with Carl on that. So it's uh, fairly early days yet because the um, retaliatory tariffs brought in by uh, the Canadian government uh, came into effect on July 1. So obviously we're only a month out from that or or five weeks. Um, But there's some anecdotal evidence to suggest it. We don't yet have data to show that there's a, a conclusive change in Canadians' buying habits to this point. All right. And in terms of what you can offer the conversation, Ted, uh, businesses, are they seeing a difference? Canadian, Ontario businesses in uh, consumers looking more to their products than to south of the border? I don't think there's any question that that's going to be taking place. Uh, we track our members uh, every month, and we, uh, in our in our July look at uh, uh, business optimism, we found that there was a significant deterioration in, in small business optimism in in the month of July. Uh, you know, in the aftermath of of Donald Trump's performance at the G7 in in the middle of June, as well as the the new tariffs that were uh, introduced by Canada. So there's clearly some uh, some change taking place, and it'll take a few months for us to uh, to see some of the, the data come out from StatCan. But I don't think uh, anybody is questioning uh, you know the the anecdotal evidence out there of people deciding to change their preferences. Carl, what is the best way to go about buying Canadian and boycotting American products? In some cases, it's quite simple. In other cases, it's more difficult because ingredients for packaged foods say can come some can come from the U.S. on the ingredients list and some can come from Canada. So how do you go about, if you decide, okay, I'm going to be loyal to Canadian manufacturers, what's the best way to do that? Well, you have to be careful about it being Canadian manufacturers. So for example, on ketchup, a Heinz is a U.S.-based manufacturer that makes ketchup, and it doesn't use Canadian tomatoes in that. French's is actually owned in the U.S., but they do manufacture in Leamington, Ontario. So it's not a question of, of manufacture so much uh, 
where the manufacturers are located, but rather uh, where the uh, products are made. Right. Most will indicate where they're made on, on packaged items, obviously. Um, you know, it's a bit hard to tell from a loose potato. And I think there's a certain incumbency on merchants to, you know, provide pretty clear indication, especially for produce and things that aren't, um, you know, easily markable uh, to indicate to Canadians, uh, you know, where they come from. I think that's true generally, but obviously um, with greater significance at the moment. And in terms of, say, buying cars, that's if if you start boycotting American cars, you might be unwittingly hitting Canadian auto parts suppliers and Canadian dealerships as well. Ted, I'll put that to you. Uh, absolutely, because the uh, where a car is manufactured may have component products made in various countries, and it's very difficult uh, with, uh, uh, with with products designed for basically a world consumption. Um, uh, it's very difficult to whether you know a a product is is made or or assembled. It's a matter of degree, and that's why why some of the discussions about uh, uh, getting getting to a new free trade agreement uh, has been uh, so difficult in the Canada U.S. case and and with Mexico. It's uh, rules of origin and trying to define what is uh, a Canadian-made or an American-made or, or a Mexican-made product, and that's that's part of the issue. So, you know, our recommendation is uh, go with the product that makes the most sense for you, the the features, the uh, uh, the um, uh, the capabilities, the price, and and so on, and uh, you know, let these products decide, uh, uh, you know, for you what the uh, what your post-purchase uh, decision is, because if you make a, especially on a car, that, that's a, it's a fairly large expenditure uh, based on hopefully a, um, you know, a fairly temporary situation, you know, in, in Canada trade uh, uh, situations, uh, you may be living with that purchase for the next seven or eight years. So, so make it wisely based on your own needs as opposed to uh, any kind of uh, short-term, uh, you know, needs or, 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 or thoughts on, on trade issues. And what about you, the Zoomer radio listener? Are you boycotting American as a way of fighting back and backing our own manufacturers and our own Canadian or Ontario products? Let's go to the phones. 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740, toll free. Pat in St. Catharines, hi, you're first up on this topic. Yes, I am absolutely boycotting going over the river. I'm only 12 miles from the border. I miss the pizza. Uh-huh. I miss all the variety of goods you can get over there. But um, no, I, I, I will not. And I, I try and buy Ontario first. So this is something you consciously have been doing uh, oh, yes. since the tariffs were implemented oh, by Trump. I think even before that. Before that. I think um, <laughs> since Trump came in in 2016, I've been more adamant about it. But I've, I've always liked to buy, like if there's PEI potatoes and potatoes from Ontario, Walkerton, I think, or whatever it is, I'll buy Ontario first. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and a good way to support Walkerton because goodness knows they had a, first, they had a terrible the time. Province. And if I can't, then I'll buy it. Try Ontario, and then if I have to, I sometimes I have to. I'll buy U.S. Okay, Pat. Thank you for calling in. Okay, enjoy um, your program. Thank you so much for listening, Carl. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to boycott American in the grocery store when you're looking at the produce because the label's right there. Yeah, that's that's generally the case. I, I guess one of the things I would say is there's two issues that are sort of coming to, 
to light here. One is people in general boycotting American products or buying local, which they may be doing for other reasons. And certainly, we want to encourage consumers to make the choices that make sense to them. But in the context of this trade fight, which I think everybody reasonably would say is probably related to putting a bit of pressure on on NAFTA, uh, the government's identified some very specific items. And the reason they've done that is because um, those products are made in really sensitive political constituencies in the U.S., most of which are up for election in the midterm. So, for example, chocolate's on the list, and uh, you'll find that the uh, that the Republican uh, congressman for Hershey, Pennsylvania, happens to be retiring, and so that's an open seat. So the government isn't necessarily pushing Canadians to make choices that they wouldn't otherwise make on the entirety of American products. They're targeting a very specific list to try and bring pressure to bear in the U.S. So, so that's certainly something, and it's not as though somebody's going to wander around with a list of tariffs, but... To the extent that prices are rising because of the retaliatory tariffs, the government is hoping that on those products in particular that Canadians will vote with their feet. All right, back to the phones. Let's go to Roland in Burlington. Roland, your comment today. Hi, my my comment is quite quick, and uh, I think that uh, there's a possible solution if we were to immediately stop shipments of, in particular, softwood lumber like just stop them at the border right now, the state of Washington, the state of uh, Oregon, California, all those people have been depending on our lumber for so many years, and every once in a while this fight comes up, and I think that within a month there'd be a, a, a few million people out of work stateside. Okay, Roland, thank you for that comment. Do either of you want to weigh in? That's a bit of a drastic move. I don't know if that would be in our best interest diplomatically. Well, I, it would be a, it would be a, a quite a dr- dramatic move. Uh, typically, I mean, the trouble with uh, these kind of trade fights, uh, the the costs are not borne by by the politicians or the governments themselves. They're mm-hmm. actually borne by the uh, individuals, uh, the workers, the industries, uh, the the communities that that uh, uh, dominate these particular sectors. And uh, it may be easy to say that we just stop shipments uh, uh, at the border, but there are people whose livelihoods depend on this sort of thing, and it's uh, very difficult to. Uh, uh, sort of put them in harm's way for these kinds of trends. But that being said, it's very difficult to to choose what is the uh, you know most appropriate response to these kinds of uh, uh, saber rattlings from uh, from the U.S. Uh, you know, one, some people say that well, we should just give in to the U.S. Uh, uh, try to solve these problems as as quickly as possible. And later on, in the next couple of years or decades, uh, we'll negotiate back better, better terms. Uh, uh, you know, that has its costs, uh, as well as uh, what we're going through right now is, uh, you know, the, the additional threats of uh, auto tariffs, uh, uh, you know, coming from the U.S. this week uh, are, are problematic. So, uh, again, it's, it's going to be the little guy that, that suffers the most from these kinds of uh, uh, shifts. All right, we need to take a quick break, and then I want to get back to your calls. Are you boycotting American products? in light of the Trump tariffs? Or are you staying put or traveling to Europe or Mexico or somewhere other than the U.S.? want to hear about that as well. Have you imposed a personal travel ban to the U.S. on yourself? Joining us for the conversation, 
Carl Littler of the Retail Council of Canada and Ted Mallet at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Nick Nanos of Nanos Research also weighs in. He'll tell us what the national sentiment on this is as well when we come back. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're talking about your buying habits in light of Donald Trump's tariffs and targeting of Canada until NAFTA is finally renegotiated, likely not to happen before the midterm elections. At least that's what the U.S. president has indicated. So are you going out of your way not to travel to the U.S.? Are you going out of your way not to buy American? 416. 416- 360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Joining the conversation here for a couple of minutes, Nick Nanos, founder of Nanos Research. Nick, what are you finding? Are Canadians passionate about American pro- our Canadian products and, and taking a pause on travel to the U.S.? Well, they're definitely fired up with all the focus on NAFTA, and I'll call it the, what do we call it, the Twitter commentary from Donald Trump. You know, in a survey that we did for the Globe and CTV that was released in uh, July, you know, we asked Canadians about different things, traveling, shopping, boycotting U.S. retailers. At the very top of the list was uh, curtailing or stopping travel to the United States, about seven out of every ten Canadians that they're likely or somewhat likely to do that. And uh, even when we look at boycotting U.S. made goods or stop shop, stopping shopping at uh, U.S. retailers, that uh, a majority of Canadians at least report that they're likely or somewhat likely to do that. What's interesting is that across all of these behaviors, that women are more likely than men to be likely to either boycott a U.S. retailer or not buy U.S. goods as a result of uh, what's been going on in the NAFTA negotiations. It, it, that's all part of an anti-Trump uh, sentiment as well, I would think. Yeah, I think it would be fair to say, and, and you know, we have to be very careful that we shouldn't conflate the United States people with Donald Trump. Right. But, uh, you know, and, I, and you have to remember that in part of this context that most Canadians or almost all Canadians know that the U.S. is 10 times bigger than us. They have a, uh, their economy is much larger. It's very difficult to negotiate. So one of the very few things that Canadians do to send a message and to kind of support things would be to act in terms of not potentially uh, going to the United States for their vacation and going someplace else or uh, potentially voting with their wallet when they're uh, visiting U.S. retailers or uh, looking at U.S. made goods. All right, let's get back to our own little straw poll here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Uh, David in Barrie, are you boycotting U.S. products and imposing a travel ban on yourself to the U.S.? Well, Jane, uh, my wife and I and our family, we uh, are taking Trump's lead. Uh, he's very pro-American, mm-hmm. and he has made us very pro-Canadian. <laughs> okay. So we are going to buy local Canadian goods or local Canadian manufacturers. And if we cannot get Canadian, like I needed a hammer drill to put a nice little shelf up for the wife, I bought a nice Bosch impact drill from Germany as opposed to the less expensive American Milwaukee. So, uh, and then supporting local beer like Schleeman's, uh, Cremor Ale, 
um, whatever we can, and then buying local foods, uh, uh, apples, uh, what we can buy locally from our local farmers. We're doing that as well. So we're making a conscious effort to support Canadians and not boycott the Americans, but promote Canadians just like Trump is promoting Americans. Well said. Thank you, David, for calling in. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Let's go to Al in Scarborough. Hi, Al. What's your take on all of this? My take is Trump loves Florida, but he hates California. Yes. So I'm going to go to California. Oh, you are? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So that's and uh, uh-huh. that'll do away with Florida. Okay. All right. Thank you for your call. What about Al in Brantford? What uh, are you doing, or are you involved in boycotting American products? No, I am not. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something that came up on the weekend. I was at a big get together on this side of the border where there was just about as many Americans as Canadians, thousands of people, and the comedy denominator there was with the Canadians talking. If the dollar was higher, there'd be a stampede still to the border to buy. Now, that's the big thing people ain't talking about, is how low our dollar is, how much it costs to convert, how much you lose buying over there. That is an excellent point, and, and I'll get our gentleman from uh, the Retail Council of Canada and the Canadian Federation of Independent Business to weigh in on that. Uh, Carl, uh, in, ter- in terms of where the dollar's at, is it conveniently, uh, the, the Canadian dollar's much weaker at the moment? Does that play to the advantage uh, of Canadian manufacturers and Canadian products during this uh, uncertain trade time? Well, I don't know whether it necessarily plays uh, into the hands of all Canadian manufacturers because a lot of inputs that they buy are from the U.S., and so to the extent that the Canadian dollar is weaker, uh, those are more expensive. But certainly we always see a diminution in cross-border shopping when mm-hmm. the uh, Canadian dollar is languishing, and we we start typically in the past seeing more Americans actually coming across the other way. The one thing I did want to touch on, which came up in an earlier comment, was the boycotting of American stores. Um, one thing that you have to remember is that there are a group of American stores that are present in Canada, and they've made an investment here. They hire p- people here, and you know, particularly in the case of grocery and, and other parts, they're buying Canadian product and then selling it on to Canadian consumers. So one has to be careful because you could be hurting your neighbor or, right. or your kid's summer job, um, it's not so much the uh, people who've made the decision to invest here that should be targeted. Ted, and I want to ask you, um, will consumers, do you think, be able to make an impact that could result in Donald Trump changing his mind? I mean, that's got to be the motivation behind being more proactive in promoting and buying Canadian product. It, it, People might think that they'd be able to do that, but uh, the, the Canadian economy is one-tenth the size of, of the U.S. Um, it, it's unlikely that uh, the, uh, the, the, the Canadian consumer is going to change the mind of, of someone who hasn't really had, had a track record of having his mind changed by, by logic and, and, uh, and, and reason in the past. So, uh, you know, these, these, it, it's, it's more a matter of how do we deal with these kinds of uncertainties and, uh, you know, what's... Uh, what's in the best interest for Canadians in the long run? Uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, as I had said earlier, you know, maybe the best approach is to, uh, uh, you know, deal with this kinds of uh, changes 
you know, there's there's going to be some costs for for uh, Canadians. We'll have to put these kinds of uh, retaliatory tariffs uh, in place to make a statement, so that it doesn't become easy to, or we don't want to give a signal to the U.S. that uh, you know Canadian consumers or the Canadian government is just going to roll over to uh, additional demand. So that's why we see uh, these new Canadian tariffs on on a whole host of uh, American products ranging from certain home appliances to mm-hmm. maple syrup to uh, uh, chocolate or, or strawberry jam. Uh, again, it's done deliberately, but it's also done to uh, uh, really showcase. I mean, it's, it's meant these, these products were designed, uh, or the tariffs were designed, uh, you know, on products that also have sources in Canadian uh, products or Canadian-made products so that consumers would be able to switch from, say, an American-made uh, to a Canadian-made product and, 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 and definitely, uh, you know, get the, uh, the message to the uh, U.S. government, maybe not Trump himself, but at least to uh, trade experts in, uh, in the U.S. that, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, there, there are measures that Canadians uh, can take to, uh, to to lessen the effect or to uh, at least make a message known. As we continue our conversation, just for a couple more minutes, we're almost at the top of the hour, but I want to go to our pollster, Nick Nanos, uh, from Nanos Research. Is, is the positive byproduct on all of this, Nick, um, the sentiment that we're kind of growing a collective backbone, that, you know, the mood of Canadians is shifting, we are feeling more... More pride. Uh, one of our callers was saying there, I'm doing the same thing that Donald Trump is doing. He's protecting American workers. I want to protect Canadian workers. Is that shifting our, our collective mindset? Well, I think it's accentuating it because, you know, the reality is, is that Canadians are already very proud of Canadian-made goods and Canadian retailers and so forth. And uh, I think this is just a case where you know, for average Canadians that, you know, even if it doesn't have any material massive impact, they feel at least that they're contributing. It's kind of, you know, it's just akin to recycling. You know, people, everyone individually recycles, and it does have an impact, but there's a big environmental problem that still needs to be done, and people feel good when they participate. So I see, you know, Canadians just basically just asking the question, is this product or good made in Canada a positive first step in terms of, uh, of engaging on the issue and also engaging retailers? Because, you know, the reality is we have an open market. Retailers respond to what their customers want. And, uh, and you know, I, I don't see any real, uh, real downside to this. But, you know, I do agree. You know, the reality is, is that because we're 10 times smaller than the United States, the impact in terms of the U.S., would be probably negligible. Nick, thank you so much for your comments today. Thank you. And I just before we say goodbye, uh, what would you like to leave us with? We'll start with uh, Carl Littler at the Retail Council of Canada as we wrap up this topic. Well, I think it's important to distinguish between, as I've said, to distinguish between those products that uh, are specifically targeted, um, that have a sensitive political constituency in the U.S., um, and ad- in addition, I would be be careful not to sort of undermine uh, retailers that actually have made an investment here, whether they're American or Swedish or, 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 or Canadian, as long as they are employing Canadians and in many cases selling Canadian products. I think it's important to make that distinction. And Ted Mallett at the Canadian Federation of Independent uh, Business, your final word. Well, we think that... Uh, uh 
there's a there's a long term impact here, but uh, uh, don't make any decisions based on on very short term uh, conditions. And uh, you know we we may be uh, dealing with this kind of uncertainty for the next couple of years, but uh, uh, you know our lives and livelihoods depend on on relationships and and products that go much longer than that. So uh, you know in the next uh, uh, three or four years may actually turn turn out much better. And uh, you know let's let's not uh, uh, you know develop bad relationships that right. uh, may end up being uh, actually quite good in in the longer term. Okay, thank you both for the discussion. I've enjoyed My it pleasure. very much. Okay. Thank you. Big thank you to producer Michelle Saunders, technical producer this week Ainsley Moores. We are back to Zoomer Hits with Norm Edwards after Christine Ross and the news on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.